Blog Talk Radio. Human nature. I, at least I think I know human nature. Try, try to know human nature. Um, and there's something in sports that people maybe not understand. And, and as a fan of sports, which I am, obviously, as we do our show, we've been now nine years on the air. I've learned something, and this week. You know, maybe it's a learned thing. Maybe it's something that just triggered in my brain. But the Seattle Seahawks, now, folks, listen to me. If you listen to this show at all, you go back in the archives. My co-host Cuervo will prove what I'm talking about here. I said not only last year but the year before that, the Seattle Seahawks, are beginning to taper. They're beginning to lose that edge. They're beginning to have problems. Has the coach lost this team? And it's amazing what has happened just within the last week here in the NFL where you've got big-time guys, the Legion of Boom, are now the Legion of Kaboom. They are everywhere except on the same team. And why is that? You, you think about a lot of things that go on. Sherman getting injured big time last year. Didn't happen for a half a year. Definitely put an impact on that defense and a different kind of pressure that they haven't felt before before Richard Sherman goes down to injury. So now the Legion of Boom is not necessarily the Legion of Boom. Same thing with other members of the Legion of Boom. When they got hurt, there there were certain guys that when they went down, this defense just didn't hit the field. This defense wasn't the feared thing that was happening from week to week in the NFL. Now we see of the Legion of Boom all over the NFL, the different teams. Why is that? Well, if you listen to this show for the last year, I told everybody the Seattle Seahawks are not the same football team. And in fact, when you look at where they are right now, the thought process on this football team, where it is today, 
has dramatically changed in three years. Now, you cannot talk about the Seattle Seahawks without giving them their props. That would be ignorant. There are guys on that football team that I don't like without question. Richard Sherman, the biggest mouth in the NFL, is one of them. Can't stand the guy. I'm not going to take away from this guy's talent on the football field. He's only proven that year in, year out. Punk, yes. Quality player, yes. Guy can rock it out on the football field. But in the NFL, it's amazing. They go to the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl, they get back to the Super Bowl, lose that Super Bowl, and then a year after them not winning the Super Bowl, well, all the things that the Legion of Boom are known for, which is the big talk, the -the off-the-field guys, they didn't care who they were, you know, they, they brought them in, they are badasses, but it's amazing what losing or not making the playoffs for the last few years does to a franchise. See, you you can have all these explosive personalities on the football field and on the same team. But when that team doesn't win, that explosive personalities are looked upon in a different way for the public or even in the front office of an NFL Squad, front office, that, you know, you win the Super Bowls, go for it, do whatever you want. Talk, you know, off the field problems, hey, we don't get, we're Super Bowl champions. Off the field, uh, we're Super Bowl contenders. Off the field, uh, we win the NFC West. Super Bowl, uh, we can't even win the NFC West. Guys, this thing has been a sinking ship since one play. In the Super Bowl, that's Marshawn Lynch not getting the ball. Now, that ball passed and caught to win the Super Bowl. We're not having this conversation. But ever since then, you have seen a slow decrease in the Seattle Seahawks. And if you're not if you're not seeing it or you haven't seen it, I'm gonna tell you you're blind or you're not listening to my show. And yes, I'm taking mad props on this because everybody said, Sonny, you're nuts. All good things come to an end, baby. And it started with that uh Marshawn Lynch, no handoff. Then egos have gotten in the way ever since, whether it be a player, coach, or even for that matter's ownership, or and or and jealousy has kicked in majorly at the Seattle Seahawks front office, or I mean football on the football field. Meaning players, when players are getting these big contracts, when they're playing, there's a legion boom. There, you know, guys. Then one Russell Wilson walks in and turns the whole thinking of this team around. It wasn't when he first came in. It wasn't after he won the first Super Bowl. It was just this last contract when all of a sudden Russell Wilson is getting paid top five money, which, by the way, he's worth every penny. 
then the changing of the guards, so to speak, over in Seattle has turned this franchise completely upside down because there's guys on the defensive side of the ball going, how come Russell Wilson's getting all this money? What has he done? Oh, he's only been a top five quarterback. You got to give the guy the money. So when I see what's going on in the NFL right now, and I take a look at one team, the Seattle Seahawks, and I look at what I've been talking about for the last two and a half years regarding this football team and what the state of the franchise has been, I wasn't even close to being wrong. Richard Sherman now signs a three-year deal, $39 million bucks. Talk about cheap. Talk about cheap. Big-time savings for them. Now, this is what has that three-year deal includes a $5 million signing bonus. No great big surprise. But really, when you take a look at it, there's not much more on this. Richard Sherman goes to the enemy in the NFC West. How can you let that happen? I don't know. I mean, what does that say about Richard Sherman? If you can't trade a Richard Sherman, that's the deal. His contract was up, and the Legion of Boom, they they just didn't want it anymore. You're winning championships, getting to the NFC championship game, everything is fine and dandy. But until that happens, and and when that stops, we've seen a big, big difference of what happens out on the football field. Season-ending Achilles injury. He's on the path of returning. So, The 49ers get this guy knowing that this guy's hurt, too. That's another thing. Sherman says, I want to go to a tender. I play. And this is is something It just depends. His statement here, which really sometimes baffles me about this guy. I play at a high level. He's been the guy that can work well with others and continue to elevate if my teammates elevate others. So, you know, whether or not you think this guy can play, I can't stand him as as a human being. I just can't stand him. Listen to the guy talk to you. I just, I can't stand Most people say, Sonny, listen to your show. You know, yeah, yeah, I get it, and I understand it. And and listen, I'm not going to deny the men's due out on the football field, but as a human being, he's he's a punk. He's always been a punk. And here's the thing. An older guy such as this guy just becomes an old punk. And and just, just to think about what the 49ers have. First of all, they stole Jimmy G away from the from the Patriots. Stolen, guys. Stolen. 
Bill gave nothing for this guy. Not nothing. One of the best quarterbacks probably in the league next year you watch. Now, they grab up Richard Sherman on a team that was getting better out on the football field. Not only that, new coach, new thinking, good idea what's going on. That is where my problem with the signing of Richard Sherman is coming into play here. Is he going to play well with others? They say that all the time about kids who are a pain in the butt. Will he play well with others? That's the big question here as Sherman goes there. Now, he could talk a big game about how great he is and what a good team player he is. But really, when you think about Richard Sherman, is team player the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about Richard Sherman? I'm going to tell you no. The glory hound that he is, the egotistical maniac that he is, of course, no one thinks about this guy as being a team player. I know I don't, and I might be out in left field here. I've just been watching the guy his whole career, and yes, my personal opinion about Richard Sherman definitely comes into play, but I go back to the fact I don't doubt what he is out on the football field. But he is not as great as he seems to think he is. How's that? And the age is going to get up to him. It's going to catch up to him. It has caught up to him. And listen, Achilles Achilles injuries are very, very dangerous for a guy like Sherman. He snapped that baby again, and he's off the field in the 49ers flush the millions of dollars down the toilet for this guy. This is a guy you got to be careful with. This is a guy that later on in his career is going to be a liability, not because of what he does out on the football field. It's because he can't get on the football field. He's going to be one of those injured guys, that guy that has injured all over him for the rest of his career. If something happens regarding this, and never mind the fact He's got the Achilles going on. Guy has shoulder problems, and this guy's just one big hit the wrong way of not being out on the football field for a team that is investing a lot of money in them in the San Francisco 49ers. This is a big-time play here for the 49ers, though. And the reason why it is is because you do get Richard Sherman. You get the talent. You get the guy that's the leader of the boom. Question is, can he can he go ahead and become that guy again with different guys creating new relationships and figuring out how to re- recap the Legion of Boom tar- part two? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be capable of doing that. And and the main reason why I think of that is the new coaching staff. This is not a Pete Carroll where, you know, where the players are dictating what's happening out on the football field. They might as well not have a coach kind of deal. This is the San Francisco 49ers. They got Kyle Shanahan leading the way here, guys. And this is a different coach. This is one of those disciplined coaches. By far, Pete Carroll is not. And Sherman ran 
that ship, which is a complete problem. And with where he's going, that kind of attitude isn't going to cut it. Trust me on this. So the 49ers, they make the big splash. It, it, and it's a, listen, as much as I want to say, <coughs> as much as I want to say this is not a good thing for the 49ers, if they get some miles with this guy, this could turn out to be a good play for him. Now, he may not get back to the Legion of Boom era, but this is still guy, he's in the top seven. as he loses a step, and he will lose a step, by the way. Coming back from the Achilles, guess what? I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a number five, you know, top ten quarterback, I'm aiming on Sherman's side until he proves me that he can beat my guy coming off an Achilles injury. I'd put that guy to the test 15 times, 20 times a game, and see if he can keep up with my guy. So, I don't know. Is he a defensive liability for the 49ers? That will depend upon the scheme that is happening out on the football field on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. So, it would be real interesting to figure out where all that is. Where are you in this pack? What is your thing? I'm going to get Cuervo on the line hopefully here soon. He's probably getting high and tight. And every once in a while, you'll hear a break. That'll be me coughing up my coffee. I've I've been fighting the cold all week, and it finally broke yesterday to where I felt like something like the couch potato. Which brings us here to Sunday morning. Of course, that being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition that continues here and ninth season. Look out, folks. Good thing for cough buttons. We're up and running here on a Sunday. Wheels are coming up on the jet as we take off here to start off this first hour on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Now, that having been said, which is the name of this show, we got a lot to talk about because forget Richard Sherman. We can talk about the other members of the Legion of Boom finding new homes. We're going to talk about that. Lots of trades, lots of guys going on. What's going to happen in the draft? Who's going to go for what? The Cleveland Browns make a splash. Hey, listen, the Cleveland Browns know how to make a splash. But obviously, the result out on the football field hasn't been there for them for years. Will this splash be any different? Will this be that perfect dive into the in, into the you know, the guy's bouncing off of the diving board and come down, and the less splash you make is the best. As far as the numbers are concerned, you know, when they're, you know, great, and you know, in the big splash, it's not good. This is a team that made, needs to make the big splash that does have an impact, not just the straight down splash with a little, little splash. They need the big splash. Did they do it? I don't know. We'll discuss that on the other side on the Couch Potatoes virtual. I'm going to tell you also we're going to be talking a little bit about the NBA. Lots of things to talk about on that side as well, as there have been some issues and some things that have hit the news. We're going to talk about the NBA. 
Spring training is in full tilt. I'm not, God, I'm so disappointed. I'm not going to be able to get down there for a couple of games. When I go see my dad, I'm going to go there in April, either the week before or the week after Easter. And um, so I'm, uh, you know, so I'm not going to get into any spring training games. And during this baseball season, I'm going to try, and I say try, I'm going to try to get Lenny Melnick in here. We'll talk a little Major League Baseball. Listen, guys, there's nobody better. I mean, you can sit and listen to all the experts on, on Fox, ESPN, CBS. You can listen to all those experts. But if you want a guy that knows talent, knows what a guy is going to be doing out on the baseball field, Lenny Melnick, the godfather of fantasy sports, we're going to have him on because, really, when you're talking guys and you're talking about impact players, whether it be fantasy or just for a baseball team itself, Lenny Melnick is definitely your one-way route to that. And another great thing about Lenny Melnick is, is that he doesn't hold back. One of the reasons why we don't bring guests on this show, believe me, I don't want to hear blowed wind my way. If I, get it, if I bring on a current football player, they're going to feed you a line of garbage that no one wants to listen on Sports Talk Radio. Oh, they're the best team out there, one of the better players. You know, they'll, they'll pump up the other side, and it means absolutely squat. I don't want to hear it. I could turn on and listen to that crap at ESPN any day of the week. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear the guy like Tom McManus who comes on our show, former Jacksonville Jaguar and pointing out where the problems are, who's good, who's not, who sucks, who don't. That's the guy I want on my show. You want to blow smoke and make your, you know, you know, pat each other on the behinds and make everybody feel good. You're not. I don't need you on my show. That's absolutely no good. I, I, and frankly, listen, I can bring Tom Brady in on this show. Okay. Well, no, I probably couldn't. But if I could bring Tom Brady up on the show. I don't listen to the, the standard answer. The standard answer is has no place on this show. Give it to me straight or don't give it to me at all. And that's when I stopped bringing them in. Folks, we've had in the 9 years, we've had over 250 guests on this show. And frankly, only one of them was worth well, maybe three a handful were worth a squat to sit and listen to. One of them was uh, Hanson from the NFL channel. Leslie Visser was another one. Tom McManus was another one. Doug Williams was surprisingly candid on this show. And Wes Durham, which, by the way, my heart goes out to him as he lost his papa. And if you don't know, Woody Durham, you don't you don't know play by play. You're you're not and believe believe me, I am not you know uh, a play by play expert, but I know who's good. And Woody Durham, in his passing on Wednesday night, or when, I'm sorry, Wednesday morning, we lost one here in our play by play. It's almost like losing a Harry Carey, a Jack Brickhouse. You know, all the legends are beginning to say adios to this world. Find the next one to hold on to them, especially the young generation. 
Don't let radio play-by-play go by the sideline, guys. Listen to it. You'll get, if you find a guy that you can listen to, you'll get a different perspective of the game that is not yours that might be able to open your eyes. That's what Jack Brickhouse did to me. I listened to Jack Brickhouse. I, I lived so far away from Chicago, and good thing that, you know, the Cubs were on the road so I can listen to it at nighttime. They, they, remember, this was back in the day when Wrigley Field didn't have lights. They played in the afternoon. So when the Cubs were on the road, I heard Jack Brickhouse at night when the waves come down. So folks that told you that they listened to Jack Brickhouse at night from Wrigley Field, they're not telling you the truth or they're not remembering correctly. So we lost another good one in Woody Durham. And Wes Durham, by the way, is no slouch himself. He does basketball, the Atlanta Falcons. The guy is money when it comes to play-by-play. So that having been said, that's the name of the show. We're going to go up on to our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll get more into the NFL. We'll get more into the uh, NBA that's coming your way. And we'll be talking about some other things that are coming on. Hopefully we'll get our co-host on site. I'll only stay on for only so long. I'm set for a three-hour show unless I can't get Cuervo in. You know, like I said, he's probably getting the high and tight. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And when we come back, we'll get more into the NFL. Thanks for joining us on our Sunday morning tradition that continues weekend and week out here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Mark Hall at Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp. We want you to be proud of everything you achieve. That is why Mark Hall will tell you to stop focusing in on the little things and be proud of everything you've achieved up to this moment. Being fit is hard, but you can do it. If you need some help getting started, try our unstoppable fitness formula for free by visiting www.rowettfbbc.com and claim your free trial. Or give Mark a call at 214-888-2844. That's 214-888-2844. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 consultation includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. 
Contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. And welcome back into the Couch with Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sunday Clark, the 
Richard Sherman's deal includes a $5 million signing bonus plus a $2 million base salary plus a $2 million in in the 46-man roster bonus plus $1 million in playtime incentives and $3 million bonus if he is a pro bowler in 2018. So basically, in reality, this boils down. Anybody that thinks Richard Sherman is not going to be in the final 46-man roster, listen, the 49ers are not that stupid. This is an injury just in case. So the guy gets $5 million. He doesn't have to play one down. Of course, that's, he should be getting more. But, yes, at the same time, he even understands he's injured. He realizes his stock is down. He knows he can't get that $11 million bucks he wants unless it comes in different ways. $5 million from the signing bonus plus two makes it seven, plus two makes it nine, and $10 million bucks if he ends up is healthy. Million in 2018 if he goes all the way and makes it to the Pro Bowl. This is definitely the kind of contract that protects the San Francisco 49ers and keeps them safe with their investment and with the opportunity just to kick it to the side. So, what do you think of what John Lynch has done for these 49ers? Folks, I'm going to tell you, I called for this guy's head as soon as they signed my big buddy, Brian Hoyer. Said, fire this guy. If this guy honestly thinks that this is the guy, he can't help your football team in no way. Guy knows, does not know talent. That experiment went away real quick. I could have hey, listen. These guys, hey, he could have called me, and I could have told them that you don't take Brian Hoyer. John Lynch, I think, has done well outside that pick. You know, I, I, it, it's hard to really, you know, hold this guy to bed because of some of the moves that he's made, getting the draft picks, get, getting Jimmy G for nothing, God for nothing. I'm going to come back to that every single time when you got Jimmy Garoppolo on your football team and you gave up nothing for him. Um, I would say John Lynch looks like a genius. Except for the fact of the temporary insanity that he had when he brought on Brian Hoyer. I'll give him a temporary insanity plea and not hold it against him. This is this you know the this Forty Nine er team. You know, listen, guys. The, the NFC West was a strong division for four years. Now it's getting that that image of being the NFL East. But whoa, whoa, whoa! Contraire, Montfrere, the Rams are playing good football. They made some deals. We'll talk about those. And the Forty Nine ers 
So it's just kind of a changing of the card. It was the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks for three or four years. Now, you know, now guess what? The other two that weren't getting in love going to be right there. And, and where is Arizona in this division? And, and, and where they are? They got their new coach. I mean, I, listen, guys, the Arizona Cardinals, and, and folks, they were supposedly, supposedly in the money to bring in Kirk Cousins. We'll talk about Kirk Cousins. But I'm going to tell you right now, he was supposedly right there. The Arizona Cardinals were supposedly right there. So now, if you look at the Arizona Cardinals in that franchise, this is a franchise that didn't realize you needed to spend money for the last six years. When Kurt Warner thought things like, and then they got Larry Fitzgerald. Now, would that have been a nice add-on for Larry Fitzgerald to receive the ball from Kirk Cousins? I believe it would be. Because I'm, I think I'm falling for the opinion that my co-host Cuervo has given me. And that opinion is he, didn't, he just didn't have any weapons. And if that guy could have someone who could catch the ball, someone who knew what was going on, you know, a, a good set. For him to throw the ball to, then I might be there. <laughs> I've got a message from our fine co-host says, "No show today, Sonny Clark," and he goes, "Oh, never mind." So I'm wondering if he's going to be in here in just a moment. Let's find out when when he's going to be in here. So here we are. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he's getting the high and tight right now. He's going to call in 15 minutes. I'm telling you, I'm going to change the name of the show to the high and tight. So you're going to get my opinion. I you're, you're going to hear from Cuervo a lot, and I'll be throwing in some stuff with him. But where, how is the NFC West coming? The Arizona Cardinals are in desperate need of a quarterback, without question. So, what's going to happen? You lose Bruce Arians, now you've got Steve Wilkes as the head coach of your football team. Now, I don't want to say that this was a bad hire. I I don't want to necessarily say it, but parts of me does. This guy's been around on the college level. And then starting in 2005, he went to Washington, then Chicago, then San Diego, Carolina. Uh, that's where he's been um, for since 2012. Now he's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. When Rivera became the head coach, Wilkes was hired. So you know, you look at this. You know, you look at that team defensively. The Carolina Panthers, yes, good football team on the defensive side of the ball. With I, I think. I could be mistaken, but I doubt it. I don't think I am. I think they were decent. But the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily the right guy for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know. 
I mean, will Pete Carroll be able to pull off a miracle for the Seattle Seahawks in this division? Without the Legion of Boom? This team is going to go more offensive-minded now since all that has kaboomed on the defensive side of the ball. The Seattle Seahawks have to become more offensively now this year. And in the NFC West, with Arizona, uh, but the two teams that you're going up against, the LA Rams, and now the San Francisco 49ers, I will tell you with this signing, definitely puts them in contention of the NFC West title. So when you break down the talent, when you break down the field, right now obviously you think the Rams, if you're watching – are the team to probably beat there. And then after that, 49ers might be there. I mean, Seattle with losing losing Sherman, the complete overhaul of defense right now, I don't know if they're going to be ready to take the field and play to the high standards of what has been expected from that defense from the years past. So the NFC West is going to be a very interesting division. It almost kind of reminds me of the AFC North, but North is definitely the AFC North is definitely better. But you got teams that can be in contention. Three teams that really possibly have a shot for the division. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals have a shot at this division next year. I don't think they're close, and and I don't like the fact that they don't have anybody throwing them the football. You can name the three quarterbacks right now in the AFC West except for the Arizona Cardinals, and if you're a Cardinal fan, out of everything, it don't matter. Larry Fitzgerald, you have a great defense and all that stuff. Name me right now the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. That's got to scare you. And what the Arizona Cardinals need to do right now, this is a team that is leaning on Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, and Matt Barkley, for God's sake. You want to talk about an upgrade needed? The Arizona Cardinals need to definitely pick up in that. And Kirk Cousins was not a reality because of the money factor. Kirk Cousins, you know, supposedly the Arizona Cardinals were – Deeply interested in them. The difference between the Arizona Cardinals and what's going on, you're talking about, and, and the Arizona Cardinals figured this out with Kurt Warner. You need a Hall of Fame type quarterback to come in and lead that team because the young cats haven't been able to get the job done in Drew Stanton and Mike Barkley. Now, granted, they haven't had a lot of time. Granted, they play in a different type of NFL when it's not Peyton Manning who could go 1-15 and and still turn out to be great. You don't get that amount of time in the NFL anymore to prove your worth at the quarterback position because teams panic when it comes to the fact that they don't have that quarterback that will lead them. And the Arizona Cardinals are falling about ready to fall into 
mediocrity or worse if they honestly think that Drew Stanton, Blake Gavin, and Matt Barkley are going to be able to get them to the next level or, for that matter, get them into the playoffs within their own damn division. The Arizona Cardinals will be lucky to live, win four games next year if that is the one, two, three punch they got going on. Obviously, they're looking for something or they wouldn't have supposedly been in the running for Kirk Cousins. But what's left out on the quarterbacks in the NFL that the Arizona Cardinals realistically could bring in that can be that name change, that changing of the guards, so to speak, going from Kurt Warner to Carson Palmer to where it is now? I don't know, guys. It's really interesting. So the, the, the NFC West is definitely going to be an interesting division for a while. But that takes us to quarterbacks. The Arizona Cardinals couldn't get one of them, Kirk Cousins. They're still, they're still honestly talking about this uh, deal. I, and maybe it's me, and I don't know, but I thought I saw – a report on Kirk Cousins signing with somebody. So let's let's get that because when I got yes, it was. I found out I found out at an indoor football game last night that Kirk Cousins actually had signed to the Vikings. You want to talk about throwing a monkey wrench into it. But what does that do for the Vikings? Now, I'm not going to say that he won't have any weapons. I, I, you know, but guys, off to the top of your head, name a wide receiver for the for the Vikings. Just off the top of your head, you, you know, the only one I can think of is Diggs. That's the only one I can think of. Take away from the rest of it, I don't know any of them. I think they got Michael Floyd from the Arizona Cardinals, who you know. Decided to be a DUI guy. Hey guys, hey guys, you want to kill your career? Become a DUI guy in the NFL. Kill your career, have a couple drinks, and drive home, you idiot. That's what Michael Floyd is. Man, didn't anybody learn from Dante Stallworth from years past, for God's sake? No, have a drink and drive, you dummy. Anyway, um, but. Take away from Stefan Diggs, and I think you'd have to think about that. If you're just sitting around and you're not around a bunch of Minnesota, you know, you know, lifers, you know, the purple Peter people eaters guys, you know, you know, get away, get away from, you get to the comment, name the name a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. I would, I think I'd bet my whole paycheck that no one could name it off the top of their head that quick. That'd have to be a Google search in a heartbeat. And the only reason I know about Stephon Diggs, obviously because of the play. Now, guys that cover the NFL as much as we do, and I said, average fan. Ask your average fan who the wide receivers is. They got some talent there, but I don't think at least it's better than what he had in Washington. Will it be better enough? for Kirk Cousins to be worth the money that this dude is going to get paid. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Kirk Cousins. Oh, oh, my. 
unbelievable the money that this guy is going to get for this. This is the biggest joke ever. I, I, I'll tell you, Kirk Cousins getting $30 million, okay, should never happen. And if the reports coming out upon this is he's going to get at least $27 million per season. Kirk Cousins, who hasn't proven jack squat in the NFL, I'd rather have an injured Andrew Luck, for God's sake. What are you talking about? But this guy gets the love. I don't understand it. And here's another thing. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't become the first $100 million quarterback in the NFL, mark that. How about $120 million? I mean, because if Kirk Cousins worth $27 million, Aaron Rodgers is worth $37 million, if not 40 The biggest joke ever. And, and listen, I'm proud of the guy for getting the money. I mean, there's, it's one thing if you can pull the wool over the eyes of people who want to pay you, okay, and you get the money. That actually takes talent. But his on-the-field performance, regardless of what it is, and we, and we talked about it last week, and Cuervo thought I lost my mind, and I'm still standing by what I say. You think of the bigs, and they make wide receivers you never heard of. Pierre Garçon is one. It just, it just pops in my head. And, you know, Peyton Manning brings this guy out of obscurity. Wes Welker, never heard of the dude. I mean, never. And we cover football. Now. I've never heard of, you know, Pierre Gosson before Peyton Manning started throwing him the football. Can we, can we talk? I mean, seriously. Hey, Jeff, can we talk? Yeah, can we talk? Thank you, Joan. I appreciate it. Listen, $27 million, good guy. Guys, Tom Brady doesn't make that much money. Drew Brees doesn't. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been taking pay cut forever just to stay in New England, just to say that he's in there. That guy has been worth way more than he's ever been paid. $27 million. Good God almighty. I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't. Can we talk? Yeah, I, can, I know, Joe. Thank you. Watch out, guys. I mean, I I will tell you right now, it's going to be the first interception two in a row that Kirk Cousins will throw, and then everybody will be going, hmm, $27 million, eh? Uh, But he got the money. Arizona – now, evidently, the the reports that are coming out regarding Kirk Cousins, okay, these are reports – that this is happening. And guys, when there's enough people talking about it, I will tell you right now, straight out, there's some there's there's some traction in that story. Especially from where it's coming from. Could he be using the this right here for leverage for something else? Listen, this guy this guy isn't playing for the love of the game. This guy's playing for the money. Good, bad, or different, 
And listen, this guy's been franchise tax, so he's been the highest, you know, the top five highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL for two years. Guy hasn't even got his team even sniffing the playoffs. Not even close, $27 million. Oh, my word. If you're the GM that signs Kirk Cousins, enjoy your next two years in your job because you're done if this guy doesn't perform after you just threw away $54 million in two years. That's right, Sonny did the math really quick in his head, too. I think you have to write it down and carry, you know, carry the number. Guys, this, this this is a GM's nightmare right here. If you're a GM and you're about ready to sign Kirk Cousins for $27 million bucks, your career is on the line. You'll either be great or you'll be the you'll be the uh the extra weight that no one wants. You will be that guy that, you know, all of a sudden will just disappear in oblivion. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded terrible. Charles, I know. It's it's crazy knuckleheaded thinking like this if you're a GM that puts your career at risk. And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, the guy needs to go home every night, and if he believes in God, he needs to definitely get a pair of knee pads and start praying. 27 million bucks. Your your career as a GM is on the line, baby. How long will it last? It might last a half season. <laughs> and, because, folks, Kirk Cousins can't throw a couple interceptions in a row. He's done proven that. So what does that bring with the, with the 49ers? They, they got Case Keenum. Case Keenum, you know, coming out of nowhere. loves the fact that Kirk Cousins will sign the for the amount of money, but not on the Minnesota Vikings, who he, you know, pretty much took this team off of life support and got them in least contention and took them to the playoffs and everything. And so, so Case is okay with Kirk signing a $27 million contract, just not with his team. What does the value of Case Keenum go up with the signing of Kirk Cousins? I'm going to tell you right now, that's $10 bucks right there. At least an extra – at least – all right. It's probably about an extra $7 million than that guy would ever get out on the free market without some crazy dude like this signing for $27 million. This is the problem here where you get this kind of stuff. And Listen, we've seen players after they get – just turn into the biggest duds. Just ask Des Bryant. That guy gets paid to squat. You gotta love it. But, you know, I will say the difference between Des Bryant and Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins wants to win. I think Des Bryant could give a rat's big fat butt if they win or not. 
and, and yeah, he'll show it. But as long as that green comes into the into the bank account, you know, he can talk a big game. But I don't think he gives a big rant's big fat butt whether or not they do anything. And the fact of the matter is that guy not taking a pay cut to stay with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys is a slap in the face to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones is the biggest jerk in the NFL as far as being a, a general manager. But certain people have got to kiss the ring, baby, and he is one of them. And if you're not kissing Jerry Jones' ring and you're death, Brian, you deserve to go to the Cleveland Browns and wash away. Yeah, I said it. It's really disgusting. We'll see what happens. But I, I'm going to tell you guys, the reports, $27 million, you know, guys, it, it's unbelievable. $27 million. I don't know, guys. We'll, we'll find out. Hey, 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 can we talk? I'm going to do it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it because guess what? The hindsight master is in town. He is back. So let's do this. Let me hit that good old button. Where is it? There it is right there. Oh, you didn't know? In case you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. Oh, yo, yo, yo. It's Cuervo on a Sunday morning. The fine co-host of this program showing up fashionably late. We either got to show, you know, rename the show fashionably late or the high and tight. I don't know, but I am glad he's here because, man, Cuervo, has the NFL been wild and crazy just within the last 48 hours, my man. And good morning to you, Sonny. I'm feeling fresh with the high and tight, as you call it, even I though bet. it's not really a tight. But, um, you know, it's tight <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just scratching the surface when it comes to the NFL because we – the the free agency and and all that hasn't even officially started yet. Yep. So everything we've heard in the past 48 hours, this is, this is just the beginning. It's only going to get better. And I heard yeah. you talking about Casey and McCurk Cousins. I mean, that, that is just two names of many that, that still are rumored to, to be traded away. Uh, guys that are supposed to be signed. Are they going to get signed or, there's still a lot of drama left, honey, when it comes to the NFL. Well, let's go to the first drama. The first portion of the show, I talked about the Legion of Boom leader, you know, now the Seattle Seahawks, now in the Legion of Kaboom. That's what's going on in their secondary right now as we as we talk here. You know, the Legion of Boom is no more. Can Richard Sermon rebuild? I guess rebirth the Legion of Boom part two. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be as much boom with the personnel that they have in San Francisco, uh, but I think I think we can all agree that he's going to be the leader of that secondary. Um, you know, I know a lot, I know a lot of a lot of uh, people are questioning his health and things like that, and by all means, you know. It's understandable, but I think Richard's going to be fine, and he's got motivation now. I mean, he the, the thing for Seattle, is, and it, it was their worst fear, is that he stayed in the division, and now he gets to play against Seattle twice. We all know what happens when 
guys have revenge on their mind, they normally get it. So somehow, I mean, I I, I really hope that uh, Seattle feels like they made the right choice and it wasn't an emotional decision because when Seattle does play the 49ers, um, you're, you're going to have to they, they're, they're going to play twice. And, and trust me, you don't want to test throwing on that side of the field. You can, you can, if I you do. want, uh, but, but I, right now, I don't you, think it's right going to work out in Seattle's favor. Right now you do. I really Absolutely, yeah, right well, now we'll you see. do. That's I'm going to Off an Achilles, out of all the injuries, after all, out of all the, even a knee injury, Cuervo, I mean, I, I think you probably still don't throw a Sherman side. But the Achilles, man, you know what that is? That's a recipe for it to snap again if he doesn't do it and do it right. Now, I, I won't question whether or not Richard Sherman will do this and do it right. You, you Common thinking would be that, yeah, Richard Sherman, he is putting it together. Yeah, you know, he's going to do it right. But this is that kind of injury that, you know, you see guys, you know, just jogging and and they go down with the Achilles. Never mind putting pressure on it. I I tell you, I think that's what, you know, the first game he's back, yeah, I'm going right at him. Well, I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different, Sonny. I mean, I don't know. Pete Carroll may or may not take that gamble and, and try to test him out. But, um, you know, my my thing is uh, the reason I say – the other reason I, I mention that, too, is because if you think about – look at Seattle's receiving core. I mean, did yes. anybody on that team – do you look at any of those receivers on that team and say, man, he's going to make Richard Sherman look like a fool. The only way he's going to make him look like a fool – is if that Achilles falls apart in game, like you're mentioning. So yeah, or he's not that, completely that, healthy and he's and he's nursing it a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think Seattle did do him right by not rushing, trying to get him back on the field because uh, we have seen that before where teams do that and it doesn't work out in their favor, Houston. So um, it, you know, it, it's uh. In that situation, I think I think Seattle did play their cards right. I think I think Sherman's going to be fine. I think I think for him mentally, it's going to be a challenge at first coming off of an injury like that. But um, you, you know, you give it about a half a season, and he's going to be the, he's going to be the same Sherman that that uh, we all know as far as being a lockdown type of corner. Interestingly enough, you say half a season, uh, but. Thinking about well, the square vote, it's going to take yeah. time, Sonny. It is. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's good, it's going to be a tested progress, and whether or not it's going to be progress will obviously be, depend upon how he is actually working to get back. So, and, and I won't question the guy's dedication to get back. Listen, I may not like Richard Sherman as personally, but I, I will, you know, and listen to the guy. You know, I I just can't do it. Uh, but I'm not going to deny the guy's talent, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back. Now let's take a let's take a couple of steps back here, Cuervo. Let's go back, through, you know, two years here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And I don't know if you remember, you probably do. But Sonny, one of the biggest thing I was talking about two years ago, this this team is sliding away, guys, and and it's and. 
listen, it, it's at least it was obvious to me, and and I was proven right again um, about where the Seattle Seahawks, the state of the Seattle Seahawks are. And guess what? This all boils down to Cuervo. When you're winning Super Bowls, NFC championships, and maybe even an NFC West Conference championship. Everything is all fine and dandy, but as soon as those kind of things are not actually being accomplished out on the football field, the Legion of Boom becomes the Legion of Kaboom, and they're all over the NFL now. No, exactly. So, I mean, you know, and, that, and that's, that's with any team. I mean, anytime you, any time of adversity hits a team – um, that's when the true colors come out. So that, I mean, that that's going to happen with any NFL team. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, obviously the exception I would say would probably be the one and only New England Patriots. But other than that, I mean, we've seen teams that have competed, um, and, and then you see their true colors when things aren't going so well. You know, just like with the Atlanta Falcons, it happened to. It happened to the Seahawks. Um, I mean, it happened to to, you know, the Denver Broncos to an extent. Um, so it happens, it happens, Sonny, when, when things are going great, hey, I mean, you can kind of uh, hide the, the ugliness in a football team, but when, when, the, when the losing starts, that's when things start to come out and it, it can get ugly. And that's really, that's what happened in Seattle. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying that Pete Carroll lost the team uh, from a leadership standpoint. Um, I just think that uh, people started to You're not question. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I think, uh, I think his authority got questioned and now you're seeing the result. Who, Guys who didn't start- get questioned by that? That's, that's my question. Who did it get questioned by? Did he get questioned well, I mean, by the front office, or did he get questioned by the big mouse on the football field? The big mouse on the football field, and that's why they're not Thank Seahawks you. anymore. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, but that, but that's, but that was what the Seahawks were about, and we always kind of knew, we always knew that, we always knew that because that was the persona of the Legion of Boom. They were talkers, but the reason nobody said anything is because they were winning and they were backing it up. But then when they when they stopped backing it up, then it became a problem and people started getting called out. You know, and and that's what I'm talking about is when the losing happens and you stop winning, that's when you start to see the true colors of an NFL football team. So I I can break it. I can break it down to right where it happened, Cuervo. I can't. And well, it goes I mean, to the, yeah, when Pete Carroll, goes to the when Super Carroll Bowl. decided to throw, yeah, when he yep. decided to throw instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. I questioned it. Marshawn, I mean, everybody questioned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a coincidence that the situation came up again in a regular season game, and I don't remember the exact game and when it was. But then Sherman made a comment about it, and yes, that's when it really started. That's to me. That's when it really started. It wasn't. It, it it was the Super Bowl, but again, because they were in the Super Bowl and they were winning, everybody kind of let it go. 
But then when the, when you saw the team start to go on a decline, Sonny, if you remember, and it came up again, and then they did it again, and they didn't hand the ball off, oh, now it's a problem. Now we're going to mm-hmm. question it. Now we're going to say something about it, a la Richard Sherman. A la. Because they weren't, they weren't the same team that they were that, that day when they were in the Super Bowl and they were the NFC champions representing the NFC. Everything changes, Sonny, when you're not winning. So yep. that's that's what I'm and, saying. And, and I don't know how Des Bryant has played his game long as long as he has in, in, in Dallas because his game is old and they haven't been winning squat. But there well, you go. It, it's, it is the difference of, but, uh, of a franchise. Again, though. How, how wasn't Des, wasn't isn't it funny that Des Bryant was very quiet last year when they were thirteen and three and they had a bye week everything was all good and they were the number what one number one number two seed in the NFC and life was good right now this uh-huh. year they go what they go seven and nine or whatever it was now it's a problem now we're gonna speak up why because the team's losing yep now everybody's got something to say. That's that's where I'm getting at, Sonny. Is, is everything's all peachy when you're winning, but you know when you start losing, it's like you said. Now it becomes a problem. The skeleton starts coming up. The true colors start showing. Absolutely, big time. Kirk Cousins is he worth twenty seven million dollars? That is being reported being up, gonna be offered by the Minnesota Vikings. Um. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, Sonny, but no. <laughs> no, no, he's not worth that much money. He is not worth that much money. That is an absurd amount of money. That is an absurd amount of money. I don't know where the Vikings are going to get that kind of money from. I don't know where they're going to get it from. But I tell you, I don't think they have the cap space for it. I think they're going to have to get incredibly creative. So, and get this, well, you know, you go back, the last contract that Tom Brady signed was a two-year $41 million. Okay, two years, I mean, there's, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I mean, the GM's job is on the line. If you if you sign that contract, Cuervo, if you're the GM of the of the. Minnesota Vikings, you need to invest in some knee pads and start your praying every single night and every single moment you got an opportunity to pray because this is either going to make you be a genius or it's going to make you be just another bum who spent way too much money on nobody. Well, I mean, I think I think I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is a bum. He's not, he's not a Terrible quarterback. He's 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 okay. He's he's your above. He's your average to you know slightly. You know on a scale of one to thirty-two, uh, as far as teams in the NFL, I probably right there with Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. I think he's better. I think he's better. He's probably I, he's sixteen. Quervo, Quervo, Tyrod Taylor took his team to the to, to the to the freaking playoffs. Well, I mean, yes, you're right. <laughs> he did. 
Now, and I know that's such a horrible thing, and I've been waiting for that moment in reality since you got on the phone to talk about that because you know Tyrod Taylor just took his team to you know to the, to the playoffs. Can we talk here? Tyrod Taylor's not getting that kind of money. Listen, I, 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 there's no question this guy's not worth the money. He's not even close. He's not even worth 15 million. Um, now. There's something to be said about being a good salesman, isn't it, Cuervo? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see Tyrod Taylor taking the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs anytime soon, though. So those days for him are over. Hey, um, Cuervo, if he brings them six games this year, you have to, con- you have to admit that's a successful season for the Cleveland Browns. If Tyrod Taylor takes this team. The six games, they should be thanking their lucky stars they got that guy on their football team. Because I will tell well, you, he's gonna fit in he's gonna fit in good there because he's not gonna be the pocket quarter. They need something different because evidently the pocket passer isn't working. Tyrod Taylor gives them a two headed monster. That guy he either can run or he can throw. Now, he's not the best on accuracy, but he did take that football team to the playoffs, folks. And and that's when I'm I'm looking at it, you know, it, this is not a bad move whatsoever for the Cleveland Browns bringing in Tyrod Taylor. It's not the answer. This is a nice start. Well, I mean, and I'm surprised they traded Deshaun Kaiser away. That one, that one shocked that me more was, than I agree. The other two moves that they made. Um, but I, I mean, I think the running game of the defense was more of why Buffalo got into the postseason. But, you know, that's just my opinion. But anyways, yes, Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, they made the playoffs. You're absolutely right, Sammy, and I can't, you know, call you a liar on that because, because they were there. But uh, I, I think all around, if Cleveland can get six wins, it's not only because of Tyrod Taylor. Cleveland is improving their team all around. I mean, they, yeah, they, that's what they, they got a weapon to throw to Cuervo too. Getting well, in Landry from yeah, Miami after, yeah, two, yeah, exactly, two of them. And I, you know, it's it's not a recipe for you know complete success, but it's a recipe that will give them six games. I, 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 and listen, I, next time I'm in Vegas before the beginning of the season, I'm putting some money down on the Cleveland Browns getting six wins because I think it could happen. I think it can too. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's just gonna it's gonna take a while for them to, uh, you know, get some things down and then the timing of routes and all you know, all the other stuff that goes into it. I mean, we're just looking at sure. the, the overview. You, you know, you, when you really dig into it, yeah. It, it, I mean, the they're probably gonna start we're off going to start off zero and four, zero and five. Yeah, zero and four, zero and five. They'll start off, but then they'll start winning a couple games and whatnot. And yep. I could see yeah. winning five, six games. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, Cleveland all rounds improving. On top of that, they have the number one and four picks still, yeah. which, you know, is, is also big for them. I just can't believe how little Miami got back in return. And it kind of bothers me because it's kind of like, man, Ryan Pace, what are you doing? Like, you, did you see – did you not make a better offer? Mm-hmm. I mean, the GM, this new GM, John Dorsey, I don't know his background, but 
from what from what it sounds like, he's he's a pretty savvy guy, and I can tell. Yes, um, I guess he's got hearing. some experience. Uh, he's got some experience. I don't. I, I haven't personally. I haven't looked up his his information, but um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's he knows what he's doing. To give up a fourth and a seventh rounder for Jarvis Landry, a, a, a borderline All Pro receiver. Borderline. He's not quite all pro, but he's but he's almost there. Um, that's pretty good, and, and and I and I wish the Bears could have made that move because yeah, I was curious. The first thing I thought about when I saw that when I saw the new Sonny is I wonder what they gave up to get him. When I saw multiple draft picks, I said if if it's anything better than two third rounders then, okay, I'm glad the Bears passed. But the fact that it was a fourth and a seventh kind of upset me. It kind of upset me because you just passed up on, on a legit receiver and you gave up a sack of potatoes for it to get him. So I don't know what the Bears are thinking, Sonny, and I know I'm going off subject here a little, but you know I got to talk about my Chicago Bears. Yeah, go for it. What are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? <laughs> who, who are they waiting for? You want to talk question. about, can we talk? Can I talk to Ryan Pace? Like, what's going through your head, dude? What are you waiting for? Why are you so can we hesitant? Talk? Can we talk, Ryan? What, what are you so hesitant about? Who are you waiting for? What, what, what is it that you're trying to do? That, that's all I want to know. Because you just passed up on... On a, on a legit target that you could have gave in Trubisky. And all you had to give up was a fourth rounder this year and a seventh rounder next year. And you had him. And you didn't do it. I, I'm just curious as to why. What did he see in Jarvis Landry or in the deal that he said, nah, no thanks, I, I'm, I'm good. Maybe it was the money part because it was a sign and trade, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, think Jarvis was. Landry was signed. He signed, he, yeah, he, he signed, signed the that. franchise tag, and then they traded him. Yep. Yep, so yep, yep. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they weren't willing to pay the salary. So, okay, so here's my question, Sonny. The salary of that franchise tag, is that what Cleveland pays him this year? No, that, no. It's basically a sign-and-trade. He's he gets that money as far as the um the uh top five wide receiver money that, that the tenure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. But but okay, so how much but how much does Cleveland pay him? How much is Cleveland gonna have to pay him? Oh that that part you know, I don't know the part of that part of it, but something tells me that they're they're gonna have to be on the hook for the whole thing. That's what I'm thinking. Um Okay, unless, then then, then unless, I understand why unless it was in the negotiation to get him that they'll eat some of it, I don't know. That part, I, I'm not actually really privy to that. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's probably out there. I just haven't looked for it. Uh, but at the same time, you, you think about it. You're right. What, you know, when you got a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, who are you going to compliment that, Okay. And you gotta get you gotta get somebody in there to help this young man 
become the guy that he quite possibly can be for that football team. Cuervo, the Chicago Bears are in a hell of a division. If you look at it, obviously they got Green Bay. Obviously the Detroit Lions will be, you know, right around when it's time at the end of the season, maybe fighting for that playoff spot. And, of course, you got the Minnesota Vikings, whether it be Kirk Cousins, I don't know. That that rumors said that this is going to come down sometime today. You know, you know, I don't know. But you think about right. where the Chicago Bears are within their own division, they might be in a lot of trouble right now, especially if they don't go out and get that guy that can help uh, Mitchell Trubisky get the ball downfield. Yeah, and, you know, just kind of maybe, and I, and I hope they don't do this. I really, really hope they do not do this. But maybe the plan is to draft Calvin Ridley out of Alabama in the first round of the of the of the draft. I'm not saying I don't like Ridley. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. But do I? But do I spend a first round pick, a top ten pick on a wide receiver? How many of those guys have panned out, Sonny? Good, good point. You know what I'm good saying? Point. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was not a top ten pick. Okay, Antonio Brown was like a fifth-round pick. Okay, when you're talking about the best receivers in the game right now, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, was was mid-first-round. What? Hold that. Hopkins was mid-first-round? You know what? I don't remember. I I think he was a first-rounder, though. Okay, I'll look it up. I, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Um... But, but he wasn't. He, he wasn't, wasn't at the top ten. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was. Maybe I. I don't remember. I'd have. We'd have to look it up. But, um, you know, those those are the. I mean, AJ. Okay, AJ Green was a top ten pick, I believe. So, but again, I mean that that that's the only one that I can think of in the past ten years, besides Calvin Johnson. So Calvin Johnson and A.J. Green are the only two that I could think of in the past 10 years that were top 10 wide receiver picks that panned out. All right, I got it right here. All right, DeAndre Hopkins, um, he was taken in the first round number 27. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you Late rounders, you're right, Cuervo. You grab up those early guys, it's not going to be – it's, you know, quite possibly not going to do you well. Now, before we go to break, because we do need to do that, I want you – do you have your thinking cap on right now? I always do, Sonny. I always do. All right. I, I, I know you do, but I just wanted to make sure that it was tight. <laughs> because okay. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to give you five seconds to answer Okay. okay. All right. With this, with everything that's going on, I want you to name me a wide receiver that plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Stephon Diggs. All right. Five seconds. You got it. That's it. Is that going to be enough for Kirk Cousins? Well, between him and Thielen, uh, you got Carl Rudolph at tight end. I mean. It's better than what he had in Washington. Good. That is, and let's not forget Michael Floyd. If he decides, hopefully he can put down the alcohol bottle 
or the beer bottle or whatever the case may be. You know, maybe you won't go out and drink, drink and drive. You know, it's not a bad three if you include Adam Thien, without question. So you get you got the mm-hmm. you know Tom Tom Brady's nothing without Gronk. Okay, we all know that. So you know, so you can consider them, but. A lot of people, I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't for the big play, they wouldn't even know who Stephon Diggs was right now. So, you know, that's what I'm kind of wondering, if this guy's ready to rock and roll with a Kirk Cousins. I think, I think, and and this will decide whether or not Kirk Cousins is a guy, because we talked about last week and you thought, yeah, maybe Sonny's right, maybe, but I think he's more wrong than right, whether or not he can bring these guys and make them a step to where you know who they are. That's, mm-hmm. that's 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 my bit, and that's gonna for twenty seven million dollars. He better be Tom Brady. He bet he better be somebody in order to bring him in there. Oh, I, God, I yeah. would think he, he, he gotta be. You, you you right now. See now that's a lot of pressure that Kirk Cousins put on himself. But guess what? He's still gonna he's still gonna pocket twenty seven million at least for two years because even if he falls on his face the first year, they'll 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 take him on the next year. Um, so that is just so crazy be, to think about, Sonny. I mean, for a guy like that to make that much money, I mean, it, I mean, think about how much. Who he's making more than with a salary like that? No Matter one. Fact, he no he's one. the highest paid quarterback in the league. That is above Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You know, it, it, you know, Cuervo. You, you know, I'm sure it's better than some of those guys combined. I, yeah, I, you know what? If we actually like and dig the numbers, I bet you you're right. But you know, but making a move like that, if you're the if you're the Minnesota, oh, that was terrible. No. Crazy knucklehead, <laughs> terrible. I'm telling you right Charles. now. Thank yeah, Charles. Charles is right. <laughs> Charles is right. And, and and not only that, Clarebo, you still have Case Keenum on your football team now. And, and granted, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not sold on Case King. Don't get me wrong. I'm not there and never will be. Yeah. I, you know, um, but you still have him. And he did prove something last year. So, you know, man, you know, this, this is a tough position. And, and if you're Case Keenum, you want you want Kirk Cousins to sign for $27 million because that just gave you an extra $7 million in your contract unless it's with the 40, unless it's with the Vikings. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm telling you and we if we it's, I feel like I'm I feel like a broken record, Sonny, because we say this this time of the year every year. This is this is the you know, this proves that teams don't care about overspending for a quarterback. As long as they have a guy, teams will overspend for this one yep. position. And, 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 and I'm telling you, Sonny, I, I, and I'm not even looking at a list of salary caps and, you know, cap space for teams – but I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact, Minnesota does not have the cap space to add Kirk Cousins to this team and be able to keep everybody. They're going to have to get rid of someone. On that, and it's going to come from the defense. It's going to yeah. come from the defense. Somebody on That's that defense is going bye-bye. 
and, someone. And, and here's the thing. I think I keep the defense and I keep a guy, hey, he proved it. Let's see if he can do it again. I think I do that. And you do have Teddy Bridgewater as the backup. Now, granted, I hate I'm going to tell you who I think it's I'm, gonna a, be. I'm a Teddy who? I think it's going to be Harrison Smith, the safety. I think that's who they're going to get rid of. It would have to. We, his salary is abundant, but God, you want to talk about guys worth almost every penny is him. I, and But I think you're right. That's where the money's going to have to go. There's a lot of money wrapped up in that contract. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's either going to be him or it's going to be I don't know. I'd have to look at a couple of the I'm thinking maybe a Sharif Floyd might go away or Everson Griffin might go away, but I don't know if those guys are on rookie contracts still or have they like recently got a new deal. Um, but those other those other two guys come to mind too. But the but the number one for me is Harrison the safety. So you must be looking it up, Sonny, because you didn't you didn't respond. So, Sonny, are you there? Oh, you must be busy. Sonny, are you there? I'm, it's a funny I call. am back. Yeah, yes, I am here. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I screen in the call. The cough. No, I meant to cough, hit the cough button and I hung up instead. So. Um, but. <laughs> Gotcha. I'm back. I was like, I was like, oh crap. Anyway, uh, hey, here, here's uh, just some news, and you probably know, uh, you know, know about Chris Gedney. Uh, he passes away. Um, I do. Former Bears tight end. Yep, he, he passes mm-hmm. away, and that that was uh, that just came out. Um, I think it was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, 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 yesterday. Mm-hmm. So um, that it, I actually know, obviously it late Friday being the Bears fan. Oh, was it? That's where it was. Got it. Cool. Well, yeah, because so, me being it, on the West Coast, I, I still see, like, the late news at a decent time, so. Yes, exactly. And, and Sunny's in bed, so usually. So, all right, here's <laughs> what we're going to do, Cuervo. Obviously, still a lot to go over. We're, we're going to blow out this last two hours with no problem. Uh, so, we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll get more into the NFL, some of the crazy things that are going on, you know. Who will end up where? That's going to be the big thing. Cuervo just jumped offline. He'll be back on the other side. So we'll do that. We'll do a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. It's our Sunday morning tradition continuing in season number nine. Have a good one. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. 
That's five-star HVAC contractors serving Rel Ed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at five-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, it is fresh. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. I am off air. I I forgot to thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. I did. I I thought I hit the button when I came back, and and my coffin jack button. 
Now, back to what I was saying. I'm going in rewind. Back here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. Back after the break, it's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are here, yes, I've been talking to myself for the last seven minutes. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate you giving me the ding. Let me know. Hey, let's talk a little bit about what, you know, we come back from the break. Let me see. Is Cuervo back? He's not back yet. Um, that being said, we are here, and we are ready to talk a little bit more. Yeah, Miami. I want to go back to the Miami situation just really quick. And what my what my guy Tim meant, and, and and I was actually talking about Ted the whole time. It's like I was on mute. Uh, he, he put he puts a, a note in here. He says he thinks the moves are not good for for Cleveland. And you know, Tyrod Taylor. You know. How's he going to be better than Kaiser? I don't know. It, it's, you know, this, that's a hit, hit or miss in reality. Right now, when you think about Kaiser and what he is about, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. But this is a football team that needs something. Is Deshaun Kaiser a younger Tyrod Taylor, probably. But you also got to remember, you know, whether or not you think it was right or wrong. Listen, Kaiser, I think, keep on. This is a guy that is on a football team that just doesn't have any talent, and he's just sucked up in the middle. And that's the bad thing about him. I think you guys got talent. I think the guy can play. I'm not saying he's Deshaun Watson, but I think he's got the opportunity. But Tyrod Taylor t- took a Buffalo Bills team – Guys, I'm telling you right now, he took them to the playoffs, yes. And Cuervo, I'm right there with him. Defense had a lot to do with it, but Tyrod Taylor got that job done. Good, better, and different, he got that job done. Whether or not you want to trust him, you know, if you're the Browns, you need something that can get the job done. And I'm not saying he's going to get the job done, but six games is within shot. He can get the job done. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, you know, and, and going back to Miami, just thinking about it, you get Kaiser. I, I don't. Right there, you're already. In, you got a crazy lineup at the quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill. He's going to get his job back by default. Now, where does that put Kaiser on this list? Jay Cutler probably gone. Matt Moore, personal friend of mine, loving. I, I got mad love. I, I think he's going to get an offer someplace else. Um, but that having been said, he may not be there. This David Flails guy should have never got the start over my boy Brandon Dowdy. Brandon Dowdy is one of these cats that is not. Yeah, he's getting paid in the, to to be on the practice squad. Matter of fact, he got a big raise. And, and listen. Brandon Dowdy, I think, should be number two, then Kaiser. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Yes, Kaiser has the games under his belt in the NFL. Brandon Dowdy don't. But you want to talk about a cannon? Brandon Dowdy, downfield, and accuracy, watch out. It's hard to break the starting lineup when you got Ryan Tannehill and Jay Cutler in the lineup. And by the time all this goes down, it's the last three weeks of the season, and they're trying to salvage something. 
I'm hoping they're setting up Brandon Dowdy for success because Ryan Tannehill, I don't know, will he be healthy or not? That's going to be the huge question for the Miami Dolphins. And also, look at that division. You got, obviously, the Patriots has been the class of that division the whole time. You got Buffalo and the Bills, now Tyrod Taylor. Let's, mm. So, I don't know. I'm I'm very interesting, or very interested to find out what can end up happening later on down the road. Now, and I'll throw this out. Tim might know it off the top of his head. Did, did did Kaiser go to Miami or did he go did he go to Buffalo? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, but that's what that that's the deal with Deshaun Kaiser. I think the guy's got talent. I think he could do very well. Or is he staying there? I don't know. So fill me in, because I thought they traded Kaiser. Tim, where are you at? Give me, give me, give me a pick back. I, I thought you, I thought we said. All right, I am back on. Right after you sent the message, I was on mute. So, so Kaiser, will he stay there? I don't know. I know he's trade bait. So let's find out what's going on with Deshaun Kaiser. Um, I, I just thought I heard that he was part of one of uh, part of what was going on as far as the trade is concerned. Let's see here. Let me hit that button. Um, let's see here. Packers received. Oh, the Packers got him. The Packers got Deshaun Kaiser. Interesting. Interesting. So, now, that that said, I thought he was going to Miami. But let's go back to Miami because we're talking about that. Brian Tannehill, I want Brian Dindowdy as the backup. Jay Cutler's not playing next year. And if he does, he's just playing for money. I mean, this guy doesn't give a lick, and, and that's been proven. Matt Moore probably get a, a backup someplace else. Maybe he stays there, but he shouldn't be starting over Brandon Dowdy, and I love Matt Moore. Matt Moore, Matt Moore we're, I know Matt personally. Brandon Dowdy should be starting before him, and David Flair should just go away. So um, that having been said, over in that division, you still have my, you still have Miami. Obviously, they're going to battle with the 49ers, the Buffalo Bills, and, and just alone. And it just depends on what you think about the Buffalo Bills. Do they got enough talent to be that, you know, right back up in the face there? I don't know. But I will say this: when when you are in the AFC East. And you, you can say AFC least, it would make sense. I mean, because really there's nothing else there. So you got the Jets not really playing well, Buffalo, and the team that just seems to do it year in, year out with the, with the uh, Patriots. Miami's got a usually looking for a wild card. 
So, and, and now the Jets are, you know, they're looking, they, make, they met with Baker Mayfield, interestingly enough. So, you know, the, the news is incredible what's going on in the NFL. So let's go a little bit more into the NFL news, what's going on, and keep you up to date as the Giants are re, uh, releasing uh, Cromartie. He's gone. We already talked about Richard Sherman making it there. Browns are going to pass on a quarterback at the number one spot after they get Tyrod Taylor, I think, is a mistake. And that, you know, and they may be showing, throwing up smoke screens. Because really, if you think Tyrod Taylor's the guy, you're, you're crazy. Danny Shelton now, he goes to the Patriots from the Cleveland Browns. And that's a good pickup. There are not too many good players on the Browns, but that's a good pickup. Defensive tackle gets into the backfield. I like that guy. Watch out for him. Now, more news. As craziness that this free agency is going. Um, let me see here. Where where this one? Uh, uh, Talib is going to join Marcus Peters with the LA Rams. Talib, big story. Is he ready? I don't know. But um, interestingly enough, coming from, and by the way, there are certain news organizations that are out there. And, um, and there's some that get the job done, some that don't. But news organizations up in Boston are unbelievable. And I think, and this might be just me, but 342 former Patriots that have sued the NFL and the helmet makers. This is a Huge story coming out. 42 of the 100 Patriots who are members of the New England Patriots' first Super Bowl titles have alleged in a landmark class action concussion suit against the NFL and the helmet maker Riddell that they have experienced symptoms of brain injuries caused by the repetitive head impacts they absorbed. This is going to rock the world here. Now, Boston Globe, listen, if it's coming from the Boston Globe, there's, there's some meat behind this story. This is not good, first of all, for the Patriots. It's definitely not good for the NFL. And Riddell, the helmet maker, Cuervo, this is a huge story. This is big. And this one, I think, out of all of them, might have more mustard connected to it. I think there could be more coming from this lawsuit, this class action. Oh, I just lost Cuervo. I went right to him. Um, but I think this is the one that the class action, I think, is going to have a lot of teeth in. And this, again, 
300 more 343 players. So we need to watch this story. This is going to be a very interesting story. And this is not good for the NFL. The NFL is having their own problems right now. And they were hoping that a big issue would not be in front. They were hoping that the Colin Kaepernick stories go away, which probably would have. But now this one's coming back out. This is gonna this is gonna be a very huge story, guys. And I am so interested to get a hold of the author of this. You know, I know out of all the guests, I don't mind talking to reporters. But this guy here is the bomb over there in Boston. And this story, obviously, uh, class actions, you know, really in reality, but I didn't hear anything about it until this morning when I was getting ready for the show and I ran across this. You know, the NFL cannot get out of the way of the major controversy. In the last two years, they've been wrapped up in Colin Kaepernick. Now they're back up on the concussion stuff. And and, and I'm going to be honest, and I'm just going to put it out there. This was during the time when these guys were going through their 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 Super Bowl run. And and, and I'm just and I'll put it out there. I'm just not buying. They didn't know about the risks. Just not buying it. And, and, and I'm all for the players, and we talk about it. And I, I'm just not buying this story that they didn't know about it, and they didn't know the risk. There's just something about this story that smells. And I hate this story, and the main, and the main reason why I hate it, it's not that the you know the NFL just doesn't need the story in reality. It's just that I look at this situation as far as the NFL and the players that are involved and what and how they do it, and the fact that they didn't know about this, you know, and the risks of football. I'm at the point, if you play football, you know the risk. That is on your shoulders. And Cuervo, that might be a rough way of thinking about this story, but 342 former Patriots are suing the NFL, the Patriots, and the maker of helmets. Now, Cuervo, I don't know about you, but, you know, I I, I see this as so frivolous in reality because they knew what the – if you don't know the risk of playing football, Cuervo, I think you're an idiot. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you get taught that at a pretty early age, Sonny, that there's risk. And if, and if you weren't taught that, then you have, you have terrible coaches. Um, and I mean, I mean, it's not on just coaches. I mean, I'm sure parents have a part in that too. And, you know, allowing young men or, or children, whatever age you start playing to understand, like, look, there are risks that go with playing this game. And, you know, you're supposed to have fun and all that. Yes. Absolutely. But there's also risk in playing a game like this, you know, as far as head injuries. And, you know, so maybe there may, maybe as a child you're too young to understand. But when you get into high school and stuff like that, you should be fully aware. So the fact that 
uh, NFL players, former NFL players, are, are, are bringing this up seems kind of fishy to me. I don't know if it's, if it's a whole, like, hey, I'm broke, just going to try and make a quick buck thing, or maybe Conspiracy Cuervo's coming out and saying that, that uh, they're trying to draw attention away from other situations going on in the do league you think or in the, the New England Patriots themselves. Do you think they need that, though? I mean, out of all the distractions that they could come up with, bringing head injuries and things like that back to the main focus for this season, I, I mean, I, I think there could be something else that they could be talking about maybe. Maybe it's me. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling, Sonny. This is very weird timing on this whole thing that um, that this is coming out. It's it's really weird timing. I'm not it, – it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um you know, when, when this all came out in the beginning about concussions and, and all the CTE and, and, and all those things, and um, I thought maybe then would be the time to make your claim. But two years later, three years later, however many years later, it just it, – Sonny, I'm, I'm just as confused as you are. Maybe, maybe they're, we're the ones with the, with the, the head trouble, but it, it – it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get the timing of this. Yeah, it's awful fishy to me, Cuervo. I, I, I and and I and it's not that I am not. Um, oh, how do you say it? It's not that I'm not really, you know, not compassionate about what these guys are going through. You know, I have empathy for these guys. Don't get me wrong, but. And I and I say a big, but come on! I mean, how many times do we got to talk about this in mainstream media or us? Cuervo, how many years on our show have we just been talking about concussions? Obviously, because of my experience of it. Um, yeah, that's at least just, five. Just, at least five. Yeah, at least five. It, it's it, it's completely ridiculous. At least that's my own personal belief. I don't know, Cuervo, but it. It's like you said. I think it's fishy. I think the timing is definitely fishy, and I think there's actually a lot that I think is going to come out on this. But I'm not buying the fact that the players didn't go. I'm not buying the fact that they want to blame it on the helmet maker. Do you honestly think that Riddell is not going to try to figure out how to stop the, the, these things? Come on! If anybody's felt the impact of that, it's them. The, you know, the leading the helmet maker in the country, definitely, it's not like they don't care. It, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. To me, it's unbelievable. I, I, I just, I, the, the story, when I read this, okay, and it, it's got teeth behind it. It's coming from the Boston. It's coming from the Boston Globe. So there's teeth behind the story. Obviously, it's a class action. So it is, it is, um, um, how do you say it? it it's, um, um, open to the public. Everybody can find out about it. You know, so I, I like you said, Cuervo. The timing of this is is definitely suspect. So hey, uh, more news. Um, how about Talib making his way over to the Rams, Cuervo? That that one was big this week too. I think he's on the wrong side of thirty. I I mean, Sonny. I mean, I 
smell a new Legion of Boom in the division. That's what it feels like to me. Um, I mean, you're talking about arguably now the best one-two corner tandem in the league. Okay, with all with all respect to uh, you know, with all due respect to uh, yeah, there is nobody. This is this is the best one-two in tandem in. I mean, Minnesota with Xavier Rhodes and Terrence Newman, but Terrence, you want to talk about the wrong side of 30. Terrence Newman's oh, on the yeah. wrong side of 30. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Minnesota's got a good secondary as well uh, overall. But but Tlaib and Peters, Sonny, that's, that's lethal. That's pretty lethal. Um, I like the moves that the Rams are making. I mean, it, it's what it shows you is like, look, I know we had a good season last year, but we're not done, okay? Yes. It doesn't stop at, you know, 10 and 6 or what was it, 11 and 5 that they went and, uh, you know, losing the, the wild card round of the playoffs. Like, we want to get better. Uh, and, and I think that's great. I think that's, that's a prime example of how NFL franchise is supposed to be ran. Is, you know, you, you, get, you get better, but then you're always trying to find ways to improve. So, kudos to the Rams on on being aggressive and in, in making moves like this. Uh, not sitting around waiting for free agency, I think, is another big thing. Um, they they're going out and and out, you know, thinking outside the box and, and being like I said, being aggressive with making roster moves. And as a Rams fan, you have to be excited about what you're seeing. I would uh, think in this football team. Definitely. So, oh, and by the way, by the way, uh, Tlaib is a product out of Berkner right here in Richardson, Texas, which is right down the street. So we know we know a lot about Tlaib in this area. Um, but yeah, but look at hey, Cuervo, you go back to that that Broncos defense. Okay, you got Chris Harris, mm-hmm. Von Miller. Now you just lost Tlaib, though. You you talk about the Buffalo Bills offense being in trouble. Their defense might be in a little trouble right now. Are you talking about Buffalo or or Denver's defense? Denver. Well, I mean, this is this is this could very well be the the result of of and I know it's been what a year or two now since Von Miller got his big payday. This could be the uh, the effects of it because I'm sure it may, may I think Talib must have been coming up on a contract. Um. And they, the Broncos were just like, no, we're not going to pay you. Um, this is a guy that, uh, as we all know, uh, likes to stir the pot every now and then, especially, um, I mean, those games against the Raiders were just absolutely just terrible to watch. The, the, the whole thing with him and Michael Crabtree and the gold chain and all that stuff, like, it, it, it's, it was very uh, – uh, Thuggish. I know because I know you like to use the word thug punk about yep. certain guys. And yep. I mean, I don't know if you consider Akeem Talib a thug punk or punk thug, however you say it. Um, I just but, say punk. I don't say thug anymore. But yes, yeah, I yeah he's a punk. you know. It, but but it was it it was there's something about Michael Crabtree. They have something going on with each other. Um, and because normally Talib is out, he, he he goes out there, he plays, and he does his thing, and that's it. But against the Raiders, boy, he 
he was on a different level of of attitude or, or a different level of something because yep. because those two games against the Raiders, I mean, he showed the, the uh, a different side of him. I don't know. It, it, that's, it, I, I actually kind of chuckled about the whole thing in reality, but, you know, the Denver Broncos, you know, they, they got a quarterback problem. Now they're losing pieces to the defense. Obviously, DeMarcus Ware's not there anymore. Um, and there's been rumors that they're out looking at Patrick Peterson, Cuervo, uh, a couple teams, the Jets as well as the Broncos looking at Patrick Peterson. I've actually never heard that, Sonny, that you're mentioning this. I didn't even know Arizona was interested in dealing Patrick Peterson. That that would be humongous. I mean, I mean, how would how does that benefit Arizona though if they decide to make a deal like that? I don't know how it does. That's going to be the point. The, the, you know, you, you talk about the the free agencies and things of where they have right now. You know, Patrick Peterson, as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned, they haven't been able to get anybody to work with him on that defensive side of the ball. So yeah. the, the likelihood I mean, on whether or not that he is going to want to stay Cuervo, that's another question, too. I don't know. I mean, I well, mean, he's got a big buddy over there in New York playing, you know, that coach of the Jets that he had a big love affair with over there, Cuervo. And so, I mean – I mean, if I'm the Jets, I'm picking up the phone, calling the, the Arizona Cardinals on Patrick Peterson. Well, I think the whole defense loved Todd Bowles. I mean, there's just certain guys in this league that defensive coordinators and their players, they just they love playing for. And I think that's a big reason why Tlaib is now in L.A. because now he's back with Wade Phillips, who, you know, elevated his game. And now he's going to do it again with the Rams. So um, I think for I think in this situation though, with with Patrick Peterson and the Cardinals, you know what this smells like to me, Sonny, is rebuild. This is total tear down, rebuild it back up. Um, I think Larry Fitzgerald, after his contract is up, is going to retire, and um, I think this is a total rebuild mode that the Arizona Cardinals are about to go into. Yeah, when you're when you're lacking at the quarterback position like the Arizona Cardinals are, you know they're in trouble in their own division. Never mind making a playoff square ball. Well, and I think it starts with the draft. The rebuild starts with the draft. I could see them making a move to go and getting a quarterback. I thought they were going to do it last year. Um, that wasn't the case, and uh, but I think I think this year it could happen. Other NFL news out there, Quavo, some good stuff as we're talking. Uh, Dominique rogers Camardi is going to be released by the Giants, Quavo. Big move. You better fill that hole, even though he's he, he's kind of lost a step, but he still has some skills. He does. I think he's still got some decent speed. Um, I don't know who would be interested in having a guy at his age or his skill set. But, um, I mean, I'm sure he can help out in other ways, too. I mean, you know, you always got special teams that you can throw him into and things like that. But, I mean, I, I think I think Rodgers Camardi can still do something for a, for a team out there. He's just not 
the same corner that he was back then, uh, back in his uh, days with, uh, uh, who was he? Well, when he was with Arizona, I think he was with Arizona before, wasn't he? Or Yes, he was, correct. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not that guy anymore, but I think he's still a guy that can, uh, you know, contribute to a team that, that uh, you know, is a contender. And that's what a lot of these older veterans do, Sonny. You know, they want to go to with a contender and things like that. So uh, I could see – I mean, there's there's multiple teams I could see him going to. A team like the Saints might might be interested in him. Uh, that's with the young... exactly who I was going to – you read my mind. I think that's exactly where he goes, Cuervo. Saints need definitely help on the defensive side of the ball. Even though they were improved, they could use, a, I think, a Dominique uh, Rogers camardi Well, I mean, and I think he could help mentor these young guys. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams. I think he'd be the perfect uh, fit to, to mentor these type of guys because – you know, he, he's he's a guy that's never really been in trouble with the league or anything like that. And, and Sean Payton is, is a guy that really isn't interested in bringing in the troublemakers. So I think I think that I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I could see why you were thinking the same thing. So um, I think he be he could still be a good nickel corner for them. Uh, maybe maybe even play a little bit of safety depending on. Uh, you know, what they do with uh, Vaccaro. Uh, I know Von Bell is there, but, uh, but I mean, any, any type of depth can always help a team. So, well, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see who's interested in getting him. I got a question for you. Are you scared that we're not hearing much about the Pittsburgh Steelers in free agency up to this point? I mean, unless I missed something, Cuervo, I haven't heard anything about who they're looking for for anybody, any position, Cuervo. Well, I mean, I think free agency is the last thing they need to worry about. They need to worry about if they're going to, you know, have a running back <laughs> at next season. You know, who's going to be the who's going to be the running back? I think that's what they're more focused on. So. Well, Le'Veon uh, Bell changes soon, Cuervo, though. He says that he won't sit out the 2018 season, so I wonder what that means. I guess he may sign the franchise tag or what, unless they come to the long-term thing. Well, I mean, I mean, he's made it pretty he's made it pretty clear that he's not interested in, in a franchise tag. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. The, the, the Steelers are obviously calling his bluff on that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Something tells me that Le'Veon Bell is not the type of guy that you probably should try and call their bluff because he might turn around and he might he might sit out on you or retire on you. So I I don't think I would play with that type of fire. Just be straight up with the guy. I think you owe it. To, I think as the as an organization, the Steelers owe it to Le'Veon Bell to just tell him like, hey, we're committed to you or. No, we're 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 not gonna we're not gonna give you a long term contract. It's, it's or how about we just, don't know yet? I mean, I mean, is there anything wrong with that answer? Maybe it's me, but yes. I mean, I've yes. been listening. To, we don't know yet. We you know you know yes. We, you know you're gonna get a franchise tag. You're getting some money. Can we? Um, I, I have a. 
the reason I have a problem with that, Sonny, is because the Pittsburgh Steelers have had time to think about think about that decision. So by now, on March, what is it, March 9th, they should already have made the decision on what they're going to do with Le'Veon Bill. I don't know yet. To me, it doesn't cut it. it, it you, this, this decision should have been made already. It's, it, you've, you've, you've been in your offseason for two months now. So to me, you know, you, is, that, is, it, is it okay to say I don't know yet? To me, no. I don't think it is, Sonny. That's, that's just me being honest. Well, I'm looking at a report here, Cuervo. That shows that the Steelers, I guess, are interested in wide receiver Tavon Austin. But I don't see how that deal gets done. I mean, I, 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 I let's see, Todd Mintz just sent this to me. I, I don't know. I, and I'm not saying Tavon Austin is the second coming, but at the same time, he's been there for a while. He's now no, he knows the system. The, the only reason why they would really let him go is if for some reason he doesn't fit that system and what they're doing in L.A. But, I mean, I think Tavon Austin could still be a weapon. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I, I definitely think he can. Um I think he could definitely be a, a weapon for someone. Um, I think he still has good speed. Um, you can. This is another guy you can use in special teams for punt returns, uh, just like the Rams did for years. So, um, I think I think he absolutely can be utilized in many different ways. I mean, you could throw him in the backfield for all for all I care. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that I like guys like this can kind of utilize in different ways. Um, I think they're a lot more valuable than people realize. And uh, Tavon Austin could be a guy that, that can help a team in, in many ways. And I think the Steelers are are a team that could use the help. Nah. They got, they got Brown, Bryant. They got uh, my, what, Bryant and uh, Schuster. Brown, Bryant and Schuster. I mean, after that, I mean, you know, Tavon Austin, unless you use him for what you said, kick returning and things of that sort, maybe that'd be part of mm-hmm. what would be the reason why he'd be going over there. But as far as the wide receivers, that, that's right. That's who they got right at the wide receiver. I think they got Bryant, Martavius Martavius Bennett. They got some dude. Uh, by the way, uh, Schuster or something like that. That's a, that, that guy, yeah, Juju that guy, Smith Schuster. Yeah, that guy can play. That guy can play. So they got they got yes, a one two three punch. That is crazy over there in Pittsburgh, and and, and but I, I'll go back to what I was saying. Out of all that, and, and that's the only thing I just heard, and I just heard it from from Tim. They're not. You want to talk about? They are. They they they're not drawing right now, Cuervo. They're they're, they're not taking any cards. They're they're ready. They're they're all in on what they got right now, and that is. Crazy scary. That's not just a little scary. That's crazy scary, Cuervo, because when you think about a team, they're standing pat from last year. That tells me that that team is very satisfied with what's going on out on the football field, and they think that they can they can do it, and they think they don't need a, they don't need anything else in order to win, in order to get there. 
that is scary when you can look at your roster and go, no, you know, we're good. That's crazy, Cuervo. That that's a football team that is set for the next season. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, but again, it it goes back to you know teams that that continue to try and improve. Um, and I think that's what the Steelers are just doing. They're just trying to find another weapon uh, to help them improve. Or as Todd Mintz would say, standing pat is the is the Packer disease. <laughs> yeah. Next man up. Next man up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. But I, mean, I miss Packer backer. I miss Packer backer. I would have loved to talk to him this past season. It would have been wonderful to get his his wonderful insight up on what is going on in the NFL. Good stuff. Uh, it, we are uh, moving on. Lots of things that are going on in the NFL. Hey, before I go, you know, I got a, a list here. Is there something you wanted to talk about that you wanted to jump on that we haven't obviously talked about yet? Um as far as anything, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, or anything? Um, nothing specific, so you know. I mean, I, I don't okay. know how much NBA you've been following or if there's anything specific NBA-wise, but all I know oh. is that the Cleveland Cavaliers are, are going back to their losing ways. And, I mean, you can't blame the roster because they traded half their team. So, you know. Don't know I'm what the very, problem I'm, is now. I'm very well, – it, 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 well, we know what the problem is now. It, it's, you know, it, 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 it's LeBron James. I'm sorry, it is. And it, it, it's one of those things where uh, you look at some of the things that a guy brings to your squad. And sometimes you have to expect baggage or it's just him. But sometimes that's just – that just wears on people, Cuervo. I think that's what you look at when you think about LeBron James. I don't think there is a person, not even somebody who's not a LeBron James fan. I'm, I, I'm not going to deny the guy's talent, but his his act is really old. It, it gets really old and it's because it's the same thing over and over. You don't see any change or anything. It's all consistent BS coming from a, mm-hmm. uh, from a guy like LeBron James, it, it, it's never it's never a different st- story. I guess it's always the same story. It is, it is. Um, it's you know him pointing the finger at other people, uh, not taking the, really a whole lot of accountability for himself. I mean, he'll try and tell you that, oh yeah, it's on me, it's on me. But I, is it a sincere? Uh, I guess statement or a sincere, uh, uh, you know, blame to himself. I I don't see it. I really don't. But uh, you know, all the uh, LeBron lovers out there, they they seem to buy into it. So, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of problems, in, and and that's why I think he's gone. He's going. He's going to leave Cleveland again, at least. Oh, but, but at least without question. At least the Cavaliers. But you know, Sonny. At least the Cavs fans kind of know now that they have a bet. They have a more of a feeling that it's going to happen, uh, as opposed to last time where he just kind of dropped the bomb on them and said, 
Yep, I'm out. I'm taking my talents to South Beach on national TV without, you know, informing anybody before. I, I, I think the Cavaliers fans, at least they have a feeling this time that it, it could potentially happen. I, I think you're right. And I, I, I don't know. Since the shock that he left, I mean, I, you know, he was a free agent. I guess maybe they're more better prepared for it. I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. I, that part I don't know. But but I, I do know uh, Russell Westbrook last night, triple-double, leads the Thunder past the Spurs. Um, some stuff there. But, what you know, when you're in the NBA, there's something to be said about streaks. I mean, what, Houston just had a 17-game streak, you know, broke last week. I mean, their team, you know, they're the, and, and the fact that they were sitting there criticizing they lost the game out of 17. Come on, give, give them a break. But Cuervo, last night the Memphis Grizzlies lost their 17th two in a row to a team that is tanking on the season, Cuervo. That the Grizzlies have dropped their 17th game in a row to a tanking Dallas Mavericks team, an admitted tanking uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks game team. Unbelievable. And, yes, I have been keeping track of it. And this is, this is a story that is it, – it, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure where Memphis – Memphis is let's, – let's be honest. I mean, obviously, Memphis has never really been one of these teams that are fighting for contention on anything when it comes to playoffs. They, they had a – yes, they had a couple of runs. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But on a whole, when you think Memphis Grizzlies, you don't think playoffs. You don't think – uh, about a team that has the opportunity to even come close to sniffing the um, sniffing the um, uh, playoffs. I mean, literally, right now, the Memphis Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, and the Sacramento Kings are out of contention in the NBA playoffs. They're done. And when you know, and when you look at the other side, Cuervo on the eastern on the eastern side. No teams have been eliminated, quite possibly, from still making the playoffs. When you look at the West, there's three, four teams that are out of contention uh, of the playoffs. And uh, Los Angeles is getting darn close to that as they're 29 and 36 on the season. Yeah, and you know, Sonny, that really that goes to show you that uh... – that's the difference between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I mean, not that the Eastern Conference is more competitive. Um, there's less talent. And that means the bad teams are, record-wise, they're closer to the top than, the, uh, yeah, than in the West. There's more separation in the West. Um, I think. I mean, obviously, we all know that all the talent is in the Western Conference, with the exception of LeBron James. So, really, I mean, if you stick, even whoever the number five seed team in the West is right now, they'd probably be number two in the West, or maybe even number three. 
Oklahoma um, so, City is 39 and 29, 39 and 29, and they would be number three. You're right. They'd be number three in the East. Yeah, so, and, and, and this is me just off the top of my head. I'm not even looking at standings right now. I just uh, happened I just, to be doing that. I was looking at the standings. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, I mean, that, uh, that right there tells you. Yeah. Lots lots of lots of stuff. I I don't know. This year, I I find I find what's going on in the NBA very interesting. I, I especially mm-hmm. in the East, Toronto, Boston, Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't think unless they go on some kind of crazy mad streak. But like you said, this in Cuervo, the difference between third place where the Cleveland Brown are the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland. Uh, Cavaliers are at 38 and 37. They're at the number three seed. The number eight seed is 35 and 31. They could very easily, I mean, they go on a bad losing streak, Cuervo. They could see them slowly go down that line and right out of the playoffs. So the question is, when is it time for LeBron James to flip that switch that everybody says that he is so good at? Or is he even capable of flipping that switch this year because of I guess I don't know. Is it because because of who he has on his team now, or whatever, or whatever excuse you want to throw in there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that uh, with with the what is there about fifteen games left in the season? I would say something like Roughly. that. Yeah, I, I think now would be the time within maybe or within like ten games of the final season. I could see Cleveland their last ten games going eight and two, you know, six and four at worst, and then making their run, um, just because that's what we have been accustomed to seeing LeBron do. Kind of just puts it on cruise control in the regular season, yep. and then when it comes playoff time, that's when he becomes the LeBron that we all that we all know. So. Um, I could see that happening again this year. I, I don't think this year is any different from any other year. I just, I just think that he's gonna have to do it a little earlier, Cuervo. They're three games. They're three games from being in the number nine position. Um, so in reality, and there's there's five other teams right in front of them. So, you know, they, they definitely are gonna have to figure out when that that flipping of the switch is gonna have have to happen. And I think it's going to have to be sooner or later that, you know, everybody wants to see the big man fall, Cuervo. And, yes, I guess would I feel really good that LeBron James wouldn't make the playoffs? Quite possibly, yes. I think I, think I might even dance a little jig if for some reason. And, and it's not even the fact that I hope that it happens. Um, if it does, I'm, I'm just – I think I might be very good with that. Um just more in the fact of who LeBron James is and what he's about. And I don't – and we can go back to, say, what era of basketball is good, but I, I, don't, I don't like hearing those stories about a guy that will just flip a switch instead of playing all out all the time. Balls to the wall players. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, go – look at Larry Bird. You look at Magic Johnson. Look at Isaiah Thomas. Look at these guys back in the – it didn't matter where they, they always played. 100%. And it, it's to me, it's just amazing where NBA basketball has gotten to this, to to where, if you remember a couple of years back, I said the NBA's, you know, 
it's unwatchable. And, and that's the reason why, because guys, oh, you know, I guess we'll flip a switch. I guess we'll play tonight. Man, back in the day, Michael Jordan, hey, Cuervo, let me ask you this, and I know the answer. You think Michael Jordan took a night off ever? I'm going to go ahead and just say no. Never. I, ever. I, I can't, he barely I, missed I can't any even fathom it. I know. I can't even fathom it. And, and and here we hear stories about, you know, oh, LeBron's tired. God, I'm so <laughs> sick of hearing that crap. I mean, God, I mean, you know, oh, well, poor LeBron, you know, he's played this, you know, so-and-so. I don't even want to hear crap like that because it just disgusts me. And that's one of the things, you know, the lack of dedication of playing your game at all times, more so than, eh, yeah, maybe I'll just wing it one night. You know, you know I don't know. I, I, and and that's the difference between the legends and, and these new quote-unquote legends that are coming out. And, and I, you know, I, I I don't know, Quavo. Do you think Kobe Bryant took a night off? Maybe here. May, I think he may have, but not to the extent that we're hearing yeah, I mean, about LeBron. Maybe it's a very I – mean, yeah, at the tail end of his career, I could see that. Like yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe two games or something like that, but not but not you know ten games a year, uh, ten games a season, where he was just like, eh, yeah, I'm only going to drop ten points tonight, or I'm only going to do this much, after, you know, give this. But and you know what, Sonny, I'm glad you brought this up because we can sit here and we can debate until we're blue in the face about who the better player was between him and Michael and, 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 and Kobe and uh, you know all the other greats in the history right and, and, and to me Michael and LeBron the, the comparison is not it's not the right one because LeBron is more of a all around player uh, so he was more like a magic in my opinion uh, so with that said I think Michael versus LeBron is is an invalid comparison. I get what you're um, saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, but but however, for those that like to make that comparison, it's the little things like this is why, in my opinion, he will never be on Michael's level because yeah. the grind, the, the 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 daily grind that goes into a season, which equals playoffs, which turns into championships. It's not there with LeBron. The, the, I agree. He doesn't do the little things in order to get the big results. That's what he lacks when you compare him to Michael, to Kobe, and to all the other greats in, in, in the history of the game. He lacks a, are you saying, and, and I'd be right there with you, are you saying that he lacks a complete game? Not a complete game. Um, I think uh, competitive hunger is what he lacks. That's it. That's, he'll te- that's the word. That's the word. That, and, and I, folks, I did bait him. I knew he would go there. So, and, and I wanted him to say that without any kind of prompting with me. But that is the exact reason why when you look at the when you look at the the legends of this game compared to today's game, 
is that exact phrase. Cuervo, repeat that phrase, and maybe you'll sink, sink into to younger listeners of this game because you can look at LeBron James all day long, but what is he lacking, Cuervo? Uh, well, he's, well he, he lacks the hunger, competitive hunger. Um, yep. he, he's not a grinder like Michael Grind. and Magic and, and Kobe and Larry Bird and, and John Stockton and Carl, Carl Malone. Malone. And, uh, yeah. Shaq. Shaq. Hey, listen, Shaq would take a night off here and there, but I'm going to tell you right now, that guy hated losing more, more than anybody. But, Brian, eh, no big deal. But I'm telling you right now, Shaq is quiet as he is, which, by the way, he is. Um, uh, this is a guy that didn't like losing. And, and it didn't matter where he was in the standings. That's one thing about Shaq's game. Uh, he may be the, you know, I, I'm not a big Shaq fan, but I don't think he was missing out on uh, competitive hunger. I think he thrived on it in reality. Well, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to thrive on the hunger, and you're supposed to – Tell yourself that it's not good enough. I mean, Michael retiring with six titles was like, man, we should have had seven. We should have had eight. And granted, I mean, yeah, he left the game. But what he meant by that was they could have kept going. He wasn't talking about when he retired that they should have had seven, eight. No, he was talking about after they won the six, he's like, we could have won seven. We could have won yeah. number eight. I mean, that's that's the difference between Michael and all those other guys and then LeBron when somebody asks him, well, why are you so, how, how, how do you feel so confident? You're down three to one. Why do you feel so confident that you guys can come back? Oh, because I'm, I'm the best player in the world. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's your response? Because you're the best player in the world. I'm telling you, I, any anybody listening that's under the age of 25, don't I'm listen telling to you that. now, LeBron, LeBron is a phony, all right? Great talent. That, that's, awesome I talent. Love it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get, phenomenal talent. I will never deny that. But I think the problem with LeBron, Sonny, is that he tried to play his career and he tried to uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He tried to base his career off of pure talent. I guess he felt like he didn't have to put in that extra effort because he felt like his talent was going to carry him throughout yes. his whole career. And now that he's getting a little bit older, all right, and he may or may not have lost a step. I mean, still a great athlete, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But but now that he's starting, he's got some miles on those legs and, and those feet and that back, now he's starting to realize, damn, I don't have the talent I once had. Well, yep. And now now – and now, because he lacked the competitive hunger when he was younger, now he's trying to play catch-up. And, and now he's not going to be able to catch up. I think That's it's going to hurt him later on in his career. I, I really do. Not, it's I already mean, hurting he, him he, now, son. Yeah, it's, hurt, yeah, it's, it's hurting, hurting him now. Him now. Plus, 
Yeah, and he is. He, he, remember, he's four years older than most of them. That you know, spend four years in college and move on instead of the one and doneers. I, I that, that that's a whole new story in within itself. But you know, an, an interesting point too. You, you think about LeBron James, and, and we'll go back to the fact that I don't think anybody will deny the guy's talent. I, I don't think there's any anybody that will come out and say that. But here's one thing, and, and this goes back to to the day, and it goes back to the understanding of what basketball is all about, and what kind of how first of all how great Michael Jordan or Larry Bird are okay you didn't have those guys and this uh, the owner of the Bulls came out and said this you know I think it was a couple weeks ago Michael Jordan didn't go to to them and say hey we need this guy we want that guy Michael Jordan felt that he could with win with anybody on it and you would think now there have been stories that he said we're not getting rid of Scottie Pippen. According to everything I've read, that was not so. Um, so, and I've read that more more so than I've heard the fact that he did stand up to keep Scotty on that team. Um, so I think I'm more inclined to believe the fact that he didn't because that's the kind of player that Michael Jordan is and was. He was a guy that didn't care whoever he he would beat you with whoever he had out on the court. And that's another thing about LeBron James that is not what his game is about. His game is about how do I get the best talent on this team to help me win? Are we serious? I don't think Michael Jordan ever said that. I think Michael Jordan said, I, you know, I've got enough talent. I'm going to win this game. And, and there's a total difference in, in that kind of thinking as well. Well, I think that, I think there's a mentality that comes with that, Sonny. And the game has changed in the sense of, well, this is how the NBA works now. You try to, yep. to develop the, the, the best super team that you can make. Yeah. And then claim and then claim that you're one of the greatest teams of all time. Well, I tell you what, if you implement the rules on the floor and in the front office twenty years ago, you implement those rules today. You don't see the rosters that you have now. Nope. Nope. You, just, you won't. You won't see it. Kevin Here Durant is. would not be on the Warriors, okay? Um, yeah. Chris Paul would not have been able to sign with the Rockets this past year. Yeah. Uh, Paul George Paul and Carmelo. You might have gotten one of those guys in OKC, but you weren't going to get both. Right. Uh, or else you get – unless you get those three – and then the rest of them are filled with Sonny Clarks and Cuervos that are Absolutely. getting the minimum salary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's that's the reality of it, Sonny. That that's what that's what kind of roster they would have had. So it, it you know you, you you talk about everybody talks about oh Michael had Scotty and Scotty blah 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 blah. Okay, well you know what they weren't. They weren't in it for the money, obviously, because they didn't make nearly as much money as with these Not guys close. now. Not even um, close. So. I don't think Scott. I don't think Scotty Pippen made more more in his career than LeBron James did in three years. So you know, but here's the quote I found it. Comes from the former Bills GM Jerry Krause. I'll say this about him, and he's talking about Michael Jordan. He never came mm-hmm. and asked for other players. He never came to ask me to draft players. He never came to me and asked to trade for a player. Never once 
did that happen? And, and, and it's it, it, it's just the way the guy it. is. And and then he goes on and says, part of this is that he thought he was so darn good that he could win without them. I'm sure of that. He could win without anybody. He didn't need anybody. And and that's the way Michael Jordan played the game. And and and, and you can say whatever you want, but when there is a chip on your shoulder, that sometimes that can define you as a player. And Michael Jordan, for crying out loud, didn't even play in his first three, uh, first two years of his high school uh, um, varsity squad. Cuervo, if you go back and look at the, the the past story, I mean, this guy didn't start at UNC. Okay, I mean, this guy's had a chip on the shoulder, and that that chip has defined his career, his for for his whole career. You know, LeBron James just walks out of high school and walks in. He's a superstar. Sometimes that chip can define who you are as a person more so than it just being laid out on a, you know, you know, a red carpet for you just to walk across to be the superstar. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that's another thing. That's a whole nother conversation, Sonny, but it's like, I kind of feel too, like we treat these, the big names a little bit differently. Um, and it just gets to their head. I yeah. really honestly feel like that that's mm-hmm. a big thing where they get pumped up so much um that it just it just changes the mentality of these players and it's it's really unfortunate and you can't blame the players for that. Excuse me, you can't blame the players for that. That that goes into the media and all these scouts, agents, GMs, like all these people that that hype these guys up so much that they're just like, all right, you know, I guess I'm the man, right? I mean, that's yep. that's how I'm being told. And so that started when, when they were in. It, that started when they were in middle school, especially with LeBron. Okay, and so here's my thing, Sonny. When they start demanding stuff and they start they start acting like they run the show, don't get mad at them. You're the yeah. one that 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 filled out stuff with their head that you know that that you know they're they're the leader of the team. And well, I shouldn't say that because I mean you should always have a leader on your team. But but what I'm saying is like pretty much praising them so much to the point where they start to think like. Yeah, I'm the man. Like, like I'm the most important person on the team. Yep. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. I can't even. But I can't even stress enough how wrong that is. Yep. It's such a terrible mentality to give somebody that that they're above a team or they're above, you know, the 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 goal of of a NBA team. Or, or any professional sports team. So, I don't know. Shame, shame on everybody that surrounds these guys and, and praises them so much. Because it's partially their fault. 100%. And, and, and that, that's what today's game is. One of my fears as I'm calling high school football and high, you know, high school basketball is that the big heads get in the way. And one thing that I'm lucky, you know, as far as watching these high school teams, there's not that guy that 
that is that guy, and and that even and that that goes to you know you know one of our locals here, Logan Bonner. I mean, Logan Bonner, he, he he's he's going to be a kid that's going to be defined with the chip on the shoulder. Not only did he not go in and start, which he was. My understanding, he was going to be at least in contention of his second year. They bring in they bring in a transfer when he was supposed to go in the second year. That chip, and which by the way, didn't turn out very well for him either. So that chip of the first two years for this young kid that that's the kind of that's the kind of moxie that you want to build in your young young guys. This you know as they're growing up and learning the game and learning how to be people because you know. The more you earn instead of it having the hand to you, the better off of a person you become. And 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 I just didn't make that up. That's been something that's been preached to me since I was five years old. So whatever you go out and earn, it's that much better. And they don't feel like they have to earn it anymore, Cuervo. And that's the reason why people look at superstars like LeBron James and go, well, this guy hasn't earned anything in reality. I mean, the guy didn't pay any dues. Cuervo... I, I want to know how many dues that that Michael Jordan uh, uh, paid. I want to know how many dues that Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman, all these other ones. I mean, you know, you know I want to know what they paid. But LeBron James hasn't – that guy hasn't even pulled out a wallet, never mind, you know, anything else. So it, it's interesting uh, about the, the different mentality of the games throughout the time. And that mentality, how much it gets in the way of how great that LeBron James can be. So that's that's where, you know, where that whole thing is. Now, going into the playoffs, Cuervo, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, they, they're not shooting for for that um, for the um, Eastern Conference Championship. You know, they're they're not that shooting, regardless of whatever it is, because I think he can flip the switch, Cuervo. But I think he, I think, I think he is. But between you and me, Cuervo, and everybody listening, I think he's already, I think he's already nailed it in. Yeah, you know, because of what you said, this guy has no competitive edge whatsoever, and I think he has already mailed it in. Well, I mean, <clears throat> all he's doing is he's really asserting his own legacy. Um, you know, he, he talks about he's chasing the ghost of Michael, and I tell you, this isn't the way to go, buddy. Terry is not, not the way to go about it. So, nope. to me, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I think he's just kind of saying what he thinks people want to hear, maybe, that that's mm-hmm. what his, his uh, motives are. It's a chase, Michael, but uh, he's not not doing a very good job of showing it. Let's just put it that way. <clears throat> yeah, so, interesting. No, just my opinion. So, is Aaron now with the money that Kirk Cousin is reportedly going to get? I mean, is Aaron Rodgers? Could he be the first hundred and twenty million dollar quarterback? I mean. If you're not if you're not selling the farm if you're the Green Bay Packers Cuervo on Aaron Rodgers, let's just think of what that team is without him. And mm-hmm. there, there's not one other player on that football team that you can't live without more so than Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think it all depends on his production. Believe it or not, I mean. 
And it's not and it's not what he's done, but what he still that the Packers think he still can do. Yeah. And they still feel like he can still be um you know, a uh, uh forty five to five thousand yard passer with forty touchdowns and ten interceptions then um do I think he should get more money than Kirk Cousins next year? Uh, without a doubt. Um, but Green Bay has to do them, do him a solid favor too, and get him some protection, uh, and you know, get him, uh, you know, maybe a running game. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that would be nice. I'm sure if you're Aaron Rodgers, yeah, a good running back would be nice to have. That's something they haven't had in forever. So, I mean, you know, the the, the Packers have to help themselves, too. Um, yes. You know, they're not helping themselves by doing uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers the way they are. Oh, bad, yeah. In, in, in don't not, don't yeah, give them any protection. Yeah, so th- that's what I'm saying. It's It's – it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty evident that that Aaron Rodgers needs to help. That and you know, it's going to be interesting to see though too how he performs this year because he was a little ticked off at his quarterback coach going away. So now, yes, yes, you know how how does he respond to that? Does he continue to play and be the same Aaron that he has been, or is he going to, you know, maybe maybe the production falls a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. Does Bill Belichick owe Malcolm Butler an explanation? Oof, that's a tough one, Sonny. Um, normally, I would say no. Uh, but, I hear a uh, big butt coming. <laughs> Well, no, I mean it's it's not it's not huge. I th- but I think at the same time, um, you're talking about this isn't week nine of the regular season. Hey, coach, I'm not. How come I'm not playing against Buffalo in week nine? How come you're sitting me up? No, you took him out of the Super Bowl, the game that means the most to to a lot of these players. Well, it should mean the most to every player, but. To every player, it means everything. And you sat him out, and you didn't tell, and you didn't explain why. In this situation, Sonny, I believe yes, I believe Bill Belichick does owe Malcolm Butler an explanation, especially, okay, and and, and I and I don't want to I don't want to have to bring the past up, but we were talking about the play earlier on the Seattle side. Now we're talking about the New England side. That dude won Belichick one of his rings with that interception. Okay? So the least he could do for him is tell him why he sat out the you know the Super Bowl two months ago or last month. Just my opinion, Sonny. You may not agree. Actually if I know you well enough, I think you're going to disagree with me. Um but to me, I think because of how important that game was to him, uh, it being the Super Bowl, I think I think he should at least 
sit him down and, and let him know why. And, Sonny, you're pulling one of my moves, and I think you're on mute. I am on mute I, 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 because I, 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 when, when your hand, when you're Bill Belichick and your hand weighs more than your butt because of all the gold that is on it, as the general manager coach of the Bill Belichick owes him an explanation for absolutely nothing. When you have the creds, when you are by far the guy that should change the name of the Lombardi trophy to the Bill Belichick trophy, you don't have to explain yourself. Vince Lombardi didn't. Why the hell should Bill Belichick have to explain? I'll tell you what, Sonny. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Bob Kraft fires Bill Belichick. Does he owe him an explanation why? You don't think so. After bringing that organization five rings, he doesn't owe him an explanation? Not at all. When you got the money, you don't have to explain anything. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, when you work for someone, you work for someone. The decisions that are made, whether or not you stay or go in the new world, back in the old days, they'd explain why you were fired. Today, today they said, you know, this, is, this isn't working out. Thanks. And, and no, I, I don't think Bob Kraft owes anybody anything. And the reason why, he's got the money. He's the one that built that team. Yes, granted, it was Bill Belichick, but he's the one that's cutting that check in order for it to get done. And I do believe that to a certain extent. Yes, I do. I don't think that at all. Well, so, well I mean, we're, we're just going to disagree on that then because <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, uh, <clears throat> I could, I couldn't uh, agree with that. I mean, like in I said, if it, was week, if, if it was week nine of the regular season, then yeah, just shut up and go sit down. You know what I mean? But you're talking about the Super Bowl. Like, I, I look at it from the players' perspective of this is what they, they, you know, sweat their ass off in July for. It's for that moment right then and there. And you take it away from them in the snap of a finger because you feel like it. That, I, I, that doesn't sit right with me. With me, it doesn't sit right. I think there's more to the story. And I think that's the reason why Bill Belichick isn't answering the questions either, Cuervo. Because here's his quote. He says, I respect Malcolm's competitive, uh, competitiveness. I am sure he feels like he could have helped. I'm sure other players felt the same way. In the end, we have to make a decision that we feel are best for the football team. That's what I did. That's really all I can say about it. The last sentence in what he says tells me there's something more that we don't know. Something's not out there, Cuervo. That's what I'm saying. There is something out there that either Belichick doesn't want to talk about or he's protecting his franchise or protecting his player, you know, out there. Because he sure in the hell isn't protecting him, so he don't have to to protect himself. 
So th- I think there's something more to this, Cuervo, that something is something is hush-hush. And maybe, maybe we'll find out one day. But I think there's the really – I think there's really um, a situation, you know, Malcolm Butler, definitely a good football player, but, you know, I, I just don't think that a Bill Belichick has to explain himself. You know, he, he'll look at the film and he'll make the decision. Maybe there was something in the game on the other side that was coming his way that he didn't feel comfortable with Malcolm Butler doing. Now, granted, I, you, know, I, you know, they didn't play the Philadelphia Eagles at all. So you wouldn't necessarily know how he would react to whatever he's seeing on film until he got into the game. But maybe he just didn't like it. Now, should he have to explain that? Me personally, I don't think he should have to. Um, as that coach, he's making the decision for the teams, and he's been doing it pretty well over the, you know, I mean, he's got five rings, should have six, maybe even seven. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's all right. I think he's all right. Well, I mean, like I said, Sonny, I mean, I, I think this is just a, a, a thing that we're just going to disagree on. I mean, yeah. I, to me, I, and, it, and it's not because, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that the player's more important in this instance. It's just, it was, it was the... impact of the situation. That's that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, depending on what the situation is is definitely something there. I you know I'm sorry about that music got got a little bit too loud there at the second but um but it, it should be interesting like I said there's gonna be a book that, that's gonna come out Cuervo. I honestly believe that. And uh and maybe an explanation will be decided, you know, explained at that point. Uh when things sure. matter. I think that's there's something about that, you know. But Bill well, Belichick, I mean, he hasn't been one of these guys that don't like to. He's been one of these guys that don't like to answer questions. I think I, I don't think it matters right now. I mean, the game's yeah. over with. It's been over for a month now. I mean, I think now is a better time than ever, than any time to uh, to kind of explain yourself as to why you did what you did. But eh, just my Definitely. opinion, Sonny. We'll see what happens. That's the good thing about this show. I can respect both sides of it. It's good stuff. Well, that's going to do it Absolutely. for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We did another three hours. Hey, do you like your pictures that I put up on your on your Facebook? I did. I appreciate that, Sonny. They look very nice. That's Thank you. Awesome stuff. Check it out, everybody. We'll be back next week. On that being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition that continues into the ninth year. We'll be back next Sunday, everybody. Have a good week. Bye-bye.